Listener Production. As the sun sets on a brisk Monday night, a spirited group of young girls eagerly descend upon the soccer field. The atmosphere is charged with excitement as facilitators Ellie and Brad expertly guide the girls through a skills session. But this is no ordinary practice. Standing beside the girls are their fathers, not as spectators, but as equals. This is the Daughters and Dads Active and Empowered Program, an award-winning, evidence-based program proven to enhance the physical and social-emotional well-being of girls. It's a sad reality that a significant number of young girls will abandon their involvement in sports before reaching their teenage years. Girls brimming with potential and enthusiasm gradually lose their passion because they're told... Girls aren't cut out for sports. You even kick like a girl. Girls just aren't as strong as boys. They even run like a bunch of girls. As a female footballer, you face a lot of adversity... I was seven years old and told to go and put on a dress and play netball by a spectator. It can be heart-wrenching when you, when you see your daughter that wants something so bad and it's the only thing she's ever thought of to all but be taken away from that, that idea. That feeling of my choice being taken away, that, that pretty much just ignited a fire that I can do what I want. And that's exactly what Ellie and Brad are doing. They want to help other young girls reach their true potential. But first, they have to help the dads reach theirs too. Empowering young girls and women and having supportive males as gender equity advocates and to address and prevent mental health issues transcends cultures, ethnicities and countries. And that's what this program has really done. Hi, I'm Shani Wellington. I'm a Wandi Wandian and Geringer woman, and I'm from the University of Newcastle. And this is The Minds Changing Lives. It all started from answering a research question to address many of the issues our girls face that are unique. So at all ages, girls are less active than boys. Most girls leave primary school not being able to perform fundamental movement skills, catching, throwing, kicking, striking, bouncing. And then the teenage years, self-esteem, body image issues are major concerns. I'm Professor Philip Morgan from the University of Newcastle and I'm involved in the Centre for Active Living and Learning and a lecturer in the School of Education. Professor Phil Morgan is the brains behind the Daughters and Dads Active and Empowered program. He's an internationally renowned men's health expert and he's a dad. Seeing the stark contrast in activity levels and sports skill proficiency between boys and girls and its far-reaching implications led him to a radical idea that would not only improve the health outcomes of men, but would revolutionise the way sporting codes and community health programs approached female participation. In an attempt to address those issues, I had a look at all the different research that's been done and a lot of it had been unsuccessful. You know, small impact, short-term impact. And so there was a call for innovation. And it was like, well, 
One such innovation could be targeting fathers or father figures. And that was based on research showing that for both sons and daughters, that those children who had an actively engaged father or father figure benefited on a whole range of outcomes, educational, social, emotional, physical outcomes. What was interesting is we saw that that the relationship between, say, dads and sons, mums and sons, dads and daughters, mums and daughters, they were all significant, but for dads and daughters, the statistical associations were the greatest. Mm. So I was like, why is that? Why were they greater for social and emotional outcomes? And so it could be due to the activation relationship. The activation relationship. What is that? Well, that's the unique manner in which fathers engage with their children. You see, dads are more likely to instigate physical play with their children. The forms of activities that involve hands-on, rough-and-tumble play, competitive risk-taking and sporting skills that nurture physical confidence and competence. But, unfortunately, that it changes the nature of interaction from age one for girls and boys. So up to age one, there's no difference in how fathers treat their sons and daughters. From age one, it starts to change where they're less likely to do those forms of activities with their daughters. Wow. 70% don't think they have a unique or independent influence on their daughters' lives and they struggle to motivate them. So it was like, okay, this is important, but it's just not happening. So there's obviously some real issues that you're addressing here. Take us back to the start. So what does the program Dads and Daughters look like? Yeah, so it's a a nine-week program with weekly 90-minute sessions. The first session is Dads Only. So this rare opportunity. Exclusive. Yeah, for dads to come in with other dads and talk about parenting, talk about emotionally connecting with your daughter, talk about gender equity, talk about promoting sports skills, how to coach your daughter. But the hook for them is coming in to say, oh, I'm doing this physical activity program with my daughter and all of a sudden, oh, there's a dad's only session is there and half of them are signed up by their partners anyway. So that dad's only is really important. And then the next eight weeks involve the dads and daughters coming in together and they do 30 minutes of education together with a different focus each week. And there's various social emotional skills that we target. And then they do a 60 minute practical session together. And there's also a home program. All right, daughters and dads, we might start to get ready. You can't say, I can't do it. What do I need to say? I can't do it yet and I turned around and I sat back down... What you're hearing is the start of an empowerment session hosted by father and daughter duo Ellie and Brad. Brad is the technical director at Broadmeadow Magic and Ellie is currently a law student at the University of Newcastle. I'm uh, a Brad. I'm a father of two to uh, very strong, proud, uh, very proud individual daughters and do some work at the uni. I'm currently doing my PhD... I'm Ellie. I am a Daughters and Dads football facilitator. I'm also a law and arts student and I coach and play at Broadmeadow Magic. Hate to put you on the spot while you're both there looking at each other. <laughs> How does it go? Do you work well together? Yeah, I, we, we definitely do. Dad has been my coaching mentor for a long time. I've always needed support and someone to help me kind of learn how to coach pretty much and dad has always done that for me so we do work really well together we can feed off each other we we have a laugh at each other we we don't take things too seriously yeah I think it also 
makes the dads think that the relationship that they have now with their daughter aged 5 to 12, that once they do get past 12 and grow up, you can still have a really good relationship with your daughter. Following the dads-only session on the first night, each week daughters and dads come together to the sessions. The weekly sessions involve both an empowerment session and an outdoor active session. During the 30-minute empowerment sessions, daughters build their resilience, persistence and bravery, and most importantly, develop critical thinking skills to identify and overcome harmful gender stereotypes. It's a topic Ellie is passionate about, having confronted it in her own sporting career. She started playing when she was six and she's never looked back. Once I started, I just fell in love with the game and there was no reason to try anything else because I knew nothing would match it. Beside the sport, you just get to meet so many good people. I've definitely gone through times where my relationship with football hasn't been as positive as what it is now. As a female footballer, you also need to be realistic and for a lot of people women's sport is not at a place yet that it can be your only career. To change my dreams and aspirations, it was hard. Underrepresentation of females in sporting codes means there are just less career opportunities for players like Ellie. There are fewer divisions for women to play in and national leagues for women have taken decades to be established in some cases. But career opportunities weren't Ellie's only hurdle. Her body was scrutinised and compared and her skills were undermined. And on top of all of that, she had to contend with unsolicited advice from others who believed football just wasn't for girls. That's why it's also important for me to be involved in coaching and be involved in the daughters and dads by showing girls that you can do whatever you set your mind to. It's the same as me going into law. It's a heavily male-dominated profession, but it's my choice. Because when I played, I did not have female coaches. All of the coaching staff were male. And so I think it's important for the girls to see that you can be involved in the game however you want and you get to decide that. Were you already aware of some of the gender bias that is in sport? How did that feel for you, Brad? And, you know, were you already aware that this would be the case for them? No, and, and, and it, probably, it was probably the first time it really opened my eyes to it that, because I didn't think of them as anything other than footballers. Personally, I was probably blissfully unaware um, that, that there was gender bias until things like that happened. And, and it really did, yeah, it opened our eyes to, you know, the struggles that, that young girls can potentially face. We want to teach the dads to be equalist parents and let them let their son and daughter define masculinity and femininity in their own terms. So there's this concept of um, giving them gender glasses and we do a whole session on it. So this wow. is just a, a metaphor for critical thinking. So they're going to see and hear and, and there's going to be silences that are deafening of inequities every week, sometimes every day. And until you put these glasses on, it's like really eye-opening. And so we teach the girls of different examples when a teacher wants a strong boy to move that chair, when there's only two girls sports team and five girls sports team, when there's love heart stickers for the girls and a soccer ball sticker for the boys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Now, if you haven't done our program, that starts to shape your identity. That's right. Girls are weak, can't lift chairs, mm. girls don't play sport, et cetera. But when you've done our program, we teach them, well, firstly, assess, is it true or false? If someone says girls can't play sport, is that true or false? Well, no, no, that's false. 
And secondly, is it fair or unfair? Careers of everyone, sports of everyone, toys of everyone, colours of everyone. And so for the dads to remove that gender straight jacket that focus on their appearance, let's focus on their unique talents and passions and insights. And it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, sport's one op- option and avenue. And there's heaps of different sports you can play. Mm. You don't have this narrow range. So that's the missing piece. But the girls need to experience that. If it was only a dad's only program and they go home telling their daughters it's a bit harder, but then they hear it and then the girls come in and they own it. Mm. So in Newcastle, we've had thousands of girls do it. Look out if you're a teacher that tries to tell them we need a strong boy to lift the chair. It's like, can I just move the chair, seriously? But some people maybe listening will go, seriously, does that lead to bad self-esteem lifting a chair? They're being polite. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's the sum of the parts. It's hearing it constantly all the time. Oh, a pretty dress you're wearing. I need a boy to lift a chair. Mm. And it starts to shape what they think they can do. It's imagery. It's all of those things. It's everything. Those early experiences set us up then for how it is that we experience the world later on. Dr Emily Freeman is an expert in child development. Parents really are the first main relationship that a child has. And so we really want to model for the children what a positive relationship looks like. That we have the warmth, that we have the support, that we have the nurturing, that we are free to express our opinions and that we know that we're being heard when we do that, but that people are allowed to disagree with us and that's okay as well. So I think parents play such a critical role in those first few years of setting up expectations in their children about what relationships should look like with other people. And we always kind of hear the saying that, you know, children's minds, their brains are a bit like sponges and they're, they're quite malleable, you would say, when they're at a young age. Is that true? Absolutely. So from the moment a child is born, they're learning everything about their environment and they're building connections within their brain based on the experiences that they're having, as well as, you know, their genetic predispositions and those sorts of things as well. Those first few years of life, they really are like sponges. They're going to soak up all of the experiences that they have and use that to build, start building their understanding of the world and how things work and learn how to do a whole range of different skills. The basic architecture of the brain is constructed through an ongoing process that begins before birth. You might have heard of it before. It's called cognitive development. Positive parent-child relationships, early exposure to different skills and experiences all play a part in how sturdy or fragile the foundation of that architecture is. It's responsible for reasoning, knowledge acquisition and something Emily has been studying, working memory. Working memory is one aspect of cognitive development and it's something that I would say is a really crucial part of our cognitive ability. Working memory is all about being able to hold and manipulate information in your mind. So the easiest way to think about it is if I was to give you a math problem to do and I asked you to solve it in your head. But we use working memory no matter what it is that we're doing. So even just having a conversation with you, you're using your working memory to Take the sounds that you're hearing, put them together into words that you recognise, 
put those words together into sentences and then take the meaning from those sentences. And that's requiring a huge amount of effort from your working memory. So it's a really important skill. And what I was interested in was how father-child rough and tumble play, whether or not that is related to children's working memory ability. The short story is yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Rough and tumble play. It's a big part of why the Daughters and Dads program is the Daughters and Dads program. You see, mums already play such a vital role in a child's development. They're usually the caregivers. They nurture emotional, cognitive, social and moral development. They provide educational support and they help a child form their identity. Dads fulfil these roles too, but it's mum who usually leads the way. When it comes to rough and tumble play though, it's dad who is more likely to lead. It's part of that activation relationship we spoke about earlier that, unfortunately, is more likely to end past the age of one with their daughters. So rough and tumble play is that form of play fighting and wrestling of which quality is when the daughter wins but with effort. If you don't teach the dads that, they'll just pin their daughters on the ground and say they're the dominant one and it's not the quality. I was just about to say, there's no fun in it if it's easy either. Yeah, exactly. So the trick is to convince them that they're actually pinning you down and you can't get up. And what happens from that, and this is the fascinating science behind it, is there's almost a lightning storm of activity in the prefrontal cortex. So studies have shown that children that are exposed to quality rough and tumble play have greater emotional regulation, better social awareness, better well-being, purely by lightening up the prefrontal cortex. Also, it prevents injuries in sports and gets them ready for the physicality of sports. Spatial awareness, kinesthetic sense, knowing how to wrestle, know how to land, We've done a number of studies looking at rough and tumble play and a a range of different child outcomes. And we've seen associations with things like emotional self-regulation. So kids are better at learning how to control their emotions, how to recognise their emotions and stop that from getting to the point where it becomes something that they can't control and it turns into crying or a tantrum, but they're able to, to still feel those emotions, but not let them get out of hand. We see that there are relationships with things like their ability to make friends with their peers and get along well with others, that they're better able to do those sorts of things where they see that what I hope is, you know, we don't know the causal pathway yet, but the sorts of things that we can imagine are that from this type of play that's fast-paced and challenging and there's wins and losses and there's taking turns with dad, that that then translates into children understanding how to play better with their friends, that turn-taking is important, that if you're playing with someone who might be younger or smaller than you, that you have to control your own behaviour so that they have fun as well, that you don't just dominate that play with them. Wow, even some social skills Absolutely. that they're developing. Yeah, I think it's, it seems to be a type of play that has benefits in a broad range of areas that when it's done well, I think it's a really important aspect of, you know, raising healthy kids. If we don't do that with our daughters and then we want them to play sport and expect them to be physical, we set them up to fail. The fundamental movement skills, being able to bounce and kick and catch and throw and strike, where many are marginalised in schools and communities haven't been taught to do that. You get one-on-one coaching 
with evidence-based pedagogy how to do that. So they spend a third of the session on that. And then aerobic and muscular fitness is really important. So we do activities together where they can improve. Again, systematic reviews have shown for children and adults. So it's beneficial for the dads because they get a workout, but it's the co-activity that's the magic formula that contributes to all those really powerful outcomes. Now, just because fathers are more likely to engage in rough and tumble play doesn't mean mums can't do it either. And it turns out some early research from the University of Newcastle shows mums might already be engaging in it. A lot of the early research into rough and tumble play that was done in other countries, particularly Canada and the United States, was showing big differences in terms of mums versus dads doing rough and tumble play and rough and tumble play with sons versus daughters. So it was more common with between dads and their sons than dads and their daughters, and dads are doing it more than mums. We ran a study recently. We haven't published it yet, so this is Ooh, early exclusive. data. <laughs> but it appears as though in Australia, mums and dads are actually doing rough and tumble at kind of similar levels. Oh, wow. And we're not seeing differences in rough and tumble between um, sons and daughters, but, and this is the big difference here, if you look at overall the, the interactions that parents have with their children and the importance that parents place on those interactions, dads tend to do rough and tumble as their number one thing with their kids right. and they rate it as highly important. Whereas mums do a lot more of the, the different types of interactions, the, the play with toys, um, the reading stories, those sorts of interactions, and they rate the rough and tumble play as less important than dads. Right. So mums do it, but they're not placing as much importance on it as dads are. And what was really interesting is that the children tended to request the rough and tumble play from dad more than they request it from mum. And we think that's probably because mum rough and tumble play is likely a bit different to dad rough and tumble play. It's probably not quite as rough and tumble. It's still boisterous and physical mm. and those sorts of things, but mothers report a lot more tickling-based rough and tumble wrestling things, whereas dads are a lot more physical, throw the child in the air and wrestling, and wrestle, like full-on wrestling. We actually think we, we were the pioneers of rough and tumble play. You heard it here first, yeah, guys. Absolutely. And I, and I actually told Phil, I, I was talking to him the other day and I said, I'm putting it on record. Every night we used to wrestle. We actually had a wrestling belt and the girls would take the, pick, the, pick the time of when they come out and we would be in the lounge room for, for half an hour of a night and muck around and, and, and have, have fun. So rough and tumble play is, is about obviously having fun with dad, but it's also about exploring the idea of you can get a knock and you can get back up. The whole 20 minutes of rough and tumble play, there is just, Phil said he dropped his daughter Taylor at football on the outer ground and we were inside. He said he could just hear laughter and he walked inside because he was like, this sounds so fun. I need to go and go and see how they're going. It's, have, a, have a sticky beat. Yeah, it's, <laughs> What's it's, so fun in here? Yeah, it's just the best. We've had thousands of families do this and when, you know, the dads realise they matter in their daughter's lives but... We've measured in multiple trials the quality of the relationship as assessed from the girl's perspective, mm. from the dad's perspective, 
and from the, the mum's perspective and seen huge improvements in the quality of relationship. And so started as a physical activity trial, but is that the most important outcome? Mm. Like for me, because like child experiences lay the foundation for life. So that connection you have, the doors open that you can have conversations with your dad early because we tell the dads, listen to the little stuff when they're little because if you don't, they won't tell you the big stuff when they're big because to Mm -hmm. them it's always been big. And so it's not always go to your mum to talk about that. You're an extra source of support and to open that door and it just really matters. That connection with your parents for any child is really important. All the skills and knowledge fathers and daughters learn through the program feed into one another. When the fathers become aware of their own gender biases, they're more likely to engage in those activation relationships for longer. When daughters feel confident in their skills, the play becomes exciting and challenging. Their relationship becomes stronger, the family becomes healthier, and girls feel confident going into the world armed with the support of their parents and equipped with the knowledge to choose their own path. Phil's research not only benefits fathers, but all parents and caregivers. Understanding those underlying factors that make father-led rough-and-tumble play desirable means any individual involved in caregiving can apply these strategies within their own relationships, regardless of the presence of a father figure. I think my favourite tagline that's on the slides and we teach the girls is your body is an instrument not an ornament and I think that's really powerful to say girls you're you're so much more than what your body looks like and rough and tumble play just I think encapsulates that that your body is so strong and it can do so many things that sentence to me pretty much wraps up the whole program and what feedback do you get from participants we had a dad well, there was a few dads at the end of the dads only session. We finished with this video and it's about how to run like a girl. And they ask a range of people these questions and all the adults start running silly with their hands in the air and laughing and prancing. And- yeah. And then they ask 10 year old girls, what does that mean? And they say that it means run as fast as you can. There was a few dads with tears in their eyes at the end. We had one dad come back the next week and say, I've got two sons and two daughters. And he lined them all up and asked them what it means to run like a girl. And same thing. They all danced silly, uh, ran silly. And, and then he, he turned around already after the first session and said, why doesn't run like a girl also mean win the race? I came into the program sort of expecting just to learn soccer skills, but it's been a bit of an eye-opener, really. It's, it's sort of, I've got four daughters, and I come from a very male-orientated background, and it's really opened my eyes to, the, to what my daughters are going to face growing up with regards to gender stereotypes and how they're perceived as, as people. There's a lot of um, hard things that women face going into sports, and, and it's given me a bit of a base now to approach with my daughters and, and teach them how to, how to deal with, with some of the adversity that I think they're going to face. That was Dad John after one of the empowerment sessions. Another participant, Chris, had this to say about what his daughter thinks about the program. She loves coming here and next week I can't come. 
and, and she's like, she's all sad that I can't come next week. But I've already arranged someone else to come with her, which is her uncle. She really misses it, and I think we get a little bit closer here for sure. Yeah, it's really good. It's really nice. One of the first sessions, we were we were stretching down for the end of the session. Everyone had had a lot of fun, and um, I'd asked the girls what was their favourite part for the for the night, and the girls were saying, "Oh, it was this part. It was the rough and tumble play. It was playing soccer." And right at the end, we all stood up and we were leaving. And one of the girls come and tugged on Ellie's jumper and said, Ellie, can I tell you what my favourite part of the night was? And Ellie swung around and said, of course you can. And she said, it was just spending time with my dad. And I turned to Ellie and just went, whatever feedback we get, positive or negative, that moment right there is exactly why we need to do these things. That's the reason. Yeah. So you're really strengthening the relationship in a really holistic way, aren't you? Talking about, you know, having conversations and building resilience, but also there's fitness involved, there's rough and tumble play. It's pretty, you know. It's just got it's just got something for everyone. There's a whole list, these holistic benefits. An example of the holistic benefits is our um, Pro Vice-Chancellor, Professor John Fischetti, had heard about the impact and he's like, I want our student teachers to learn all about this. It covers all these really important areas, community engagement, gender equity, fundamental women's school proficiency, child development, psychology, parent engagement, et cetera. Let's make it a university course where the training is part of their course. So now it's a university course where primary school and PE student teachers learn to be trainers, go out and witness the program in the field because there's just so many elements. And even if you were the perfect father who parented in the perfect way and engaged it's still just a fun, the fun and shared experience you have together away from screens, away from the business that's just dad and daughter time, mm. is so powerful. Not only is Daughters and Dads a university course, but the program has also gone global, expanding to the UK, Austria, and Phil has no plans to stop there. It isn't the first female participation initiative but it is the first to address the issue at its core. Targeting fathers as the agents of change and tackling gender bias has urged the program partnerships with Football New South Wales, Basketball New South Wales, Cricket Australia, West Australia Cycling and more. And a long list of interested partners. If you look at the point we're at now, where we have um, national and international rollouts of the program, where the program has won international awards for benefiting society, the national award for the best initiative promoting child wellbeing, and now we have partnerships with some of the major sports in Australia. You pinch yourself. Like as researchers, you want to make a difference. So the legacy has been amazing, but then scale and sustainability is the dream. So that can this get to more families in rural, remote areas? Um, can we sustain it so it lives on beyond funding periods as, a, as an aspect? And then also there's a lot of countries that are interested, a lot of sports that are interested. So we have just been so busy doing all the research and rolling it out and partnering with those. So to come up with a collective game plan where you can have efficiencies in how you're able to get it out there. And you know what? I'm almost comfortable saying if in 20 years there's no need for this program, we've done our job. Because the girls, if they've done it growing up, then the because part of the reason is many of the mums were marginalised when they were youngsters. It's why they're not engaged in those co-activities and they're not comfortable playing all those different sports because they didn't get an opportunity. But the girls coming through, um, when they're parents, it's all of a sudden where it, it doesn't matter because there's no differences. So we may be redundant later. So it sounds like a strange dream, but then when we don't need it, 
anyone can lift that chair, pick your sticker, anyone can play any sport and and communities and societies realise that having a girl is not a limitation of what you can do in sport and physical activity domains. domains. It's so important for girls to realise that there's so much more to sport than just playing. And the people... Um, other than the players, are just as important. At the end of the day, you can't play without a referee. Watching the rugby league and seeing that there's female refs, that's massive Mm. because that would be a sport that a lot of people for a long time have thought that's a men's sport. And to see, see women refereeing and the women's state of origin, like, it's just awesome. Mm. And to for young girls to be able to see role models like that is just so important. And Phil, for any fathers that are thinking about doing the program or thinking about trying to strengthen their relationship with their daughters even, do you have any advice for them? The number one thing would be to do this program. It is so important on so many levels. You won't regret it. Having that shared experience but also learning evidence-based parenting strategies of how to raise your daughter, but her learning with you about how to be empowered and to develop uh, a skill set in the physical domain where they're not afraid to be brave, where they're resilient, they're persistent, and they'll have a go at anything. So doing that particular program, if you haven't done the program for any father raising daughter, don't limit her opportunities, your perception of what she's capable of. Understand your matter in her life. You have a unique and independent influence on her well-being. Spend time with her and nurturing her physicality and helping her develop physical skills because we know how important that is for her life trajectory in achieving her potential and thriving. The Daughters and Dads Active and Empowered program is a remarkable initiative that has proven to be transformative for both daughters and their fathers. The program encourages open communication, trust and understanding, fostering a strong foundation for the girls' emotional and psychological development while proving to dads that they can make a difference in their daughters' lives. Until a dad and daughter's active and empowered program kicks off near you, and if all goes to Phil's plan, which it will, you can start taking action today. Dive into challenging, hands-on play where your child learns the ups and downs of winning and losing. Get them moving, teaching those crucial fundamental movement skills, and put on a pair of gender glasses and start tackling those biases head on. Everyone, regardless of gender, deserves the same rights and opportunities in sports because creating a fair and inclusive society benefits each and every one of us. So why not start making a difference today? This podcast is a listener production brought to you in partnership with the University of Newcastle, hosted by me, Shani Wellington. Produced by Kelsey Menzies, executive producer is Todd Stevens, with audio production by Kelly Fulston. Listener.